1: Welcome to the Pick Six Podcast, everybody. It's me, Ryan Wilson, joined by John Breach. It is TGI B. Thank God it's TGI N B. Brinson. Thank God it's Breach. Thank God it's no Brinson. He's not here today. If you had to guess, where do you think Brinson probably is right now? Uh
2: getting his hair plug treatment in Mexico, where it's cheaper.
1: That's half right. He's he's getting his his hair taken care of. It's getting darkened. Because hair plugs apparently will also turn gray. Well,
2: I liked your introduction, Wilson, where you said if you like this sort of stuff, which implied if you like the episodes without Brinson, smash the like button. The more likes this episode gets, the more times you just get me and Wilson.
1: Yeah, there you go. That's if, not true. In fact, send us a video of you literally smashing the <laughs> like button as you put a hole through your computer. And um DeB will reimburse you with that $100 Paramount Plus gift certificate. That may not happen. Small print. But anyway, it's Mailbag Friday or Mailbag whenever you listen to this, depending on when you decide to fire it up on the old podcast machine. Uh, so this is something we do in the off-season. Um, as you noted, breach. Hit the like button. Leave a five-star review. Um, and then you can also leave questions on the Mailbag uh, at the old uh, iTunes, where's uh, where we typically get those questions. You can also leave them on Twitter. I think Debo sent out a link the, this morning, Friday morning, to – elicit some questions and we got some so uh if you're ready breach we can get going Melberg. there it is ready this is from twitter from our buddy Stu brumhill who's often in, in the I chat as the well breach i'll go to you first and before i do i'll get the old handy would you rather book for the end of the show all right here we go from Stu brumhill on twitter here we go in his absence can breach and wilson tell us from the world of the NFL, who would be the best candidate to replace Brinson as host of the pod? The correct answer, of course, is Jim Breach, Stu adds, which I think is a, is a great answer. I don't know if, if Jim would want to slum to the levels of the Pick 6 podcast and spend more time with, with John. He did a service for 18 years and got him out of the house. So I don't know if he's ready to go back down that road, Breach.
2: No, he is not. Jim Breach is in retirement. He is happy in retirement. He is happy to humor us by showing up on the podcast once or twice a year. That's all really anyone can handle hanging out with the three of us, let alone me. It's not just me. It's Wilson. It's Brinson. Uh, you can only handle so much. You know what, though? If I had to pick a host for the Pick Six podcast that was not Brinson and from the world of the NFL.
1: What do we, what's the world of the NFL? Media world, NFL players.
2: Uh, I put this to mean as like players or coaches or like. Okay. Somebody, yeah. Because, you know, we don't want to replace Brinson with a media person who then maybe gets hired to replace Brinson and then we look like horrible friends. No, we look like geniuses for calling it. (laughs) All right. We'll go with non-media
1: NFL folks. All right. Fair enough.
2: Um, I'm going to go, and this sounds absolutely crazy, but I'm going to go with Bill Belichick. (laughs) I would love to hear just Belichick. And you couldn't have it every day. There's no way he would do a daily podcast, maybe once a week, but the guy knows so much about football. He always talks around in circles when he does interviews, but I feel like if he hosted his own show, uh, that w- if you go on the Patriots official website, he's breaking down video. I think usually, uh, once a week with their, the guy who hosts the, the videos for that. And, uh, they're always fascinating. And so, yeah, anytime you can get Belichick to talk more football, I think it would be a fascinating lesson.
1: No, that's a good point. Clarence, in the chat points out, how can we be late to the show when Brinson is even on? That's a fair point. And, yeah. uh, in my defense, As Clarence indicated. Breach was telling a story about how his two-year-old daughter almost killed a tortoise. So that was it. Was pretty compelling stuff. <laughs> All right. So who a am Galapagos I? Galapagos tortoise. A Galapagos tortoise, not just your run-of-the-mill garden variety tortoise. So th- that actually is is an interesting answer. Uh, I, I'm trying to to rack my brain. Oh, I know who we'd have on, and this is a layup. It'd be Philip Rivers, and at no point ever could Brinson come on. <laughs> like there would be no guessos. Actually, I think Philip Rivers, because he could give parenting advice. Breach, how to deal with having ten kids. Um, he could give advice about coaching cause he's coaching now. He obviously had a, a great NFL career. I bet he'd actually be pretty good at it too. And just in terms of talking, I'm thinking more like, uh, doing color work, um, in the, in the booth. If he went down that route, cause he, he's, uh, he's smart. He's engaging. Um, he seems interesting in, in terms of things he talks about. He, he gets pretty fired up about things. And I feel like we could get him fired up pretty easily too. In much the same way we get Brinson fired up, uh, by, by making fun of him for being, uh, will Brinson's, number one fan.
3: Um, right, yeah. I'm going to toss out a a media name that someone in the CBS family and we probably owe him a, a billion dollars worth of royalties, but but Kevin Harlan would be elite on this podcast.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. elite. Uh... He would last exactly 15 minutes and he'd be like, okay, I'm calling my agent. I'll be right back and we would never see him again. <laughs> yeah, that would be top level. Any of the, like Iron Eagle would be amazing. Um, I think Tony Rumble would have zero to do with us. He's not, he's not doing that. I mean, it'd be
2: hilarious. I think any most quarterbacks or former quarterbacks would be pretty good. That's a good point because they have great stories. They're friends with, they try to be friends with everyone on the team. They have great locker room stories. They'd have great, uh, you know, they can tell you exactly what's happening on plays. They can break down stuff, uh, well. And so, yeah, I think quarterbacks, you could just pick any quarterback. Somebody in the chat mentioned Aaron Rodgers. That would definitely be an interesting podcast, uh, from not just football, but other walks of life.
1: Maybe uh, Pat McAfee. Maybe he'll hire us.
2: <laughs> Give us some of that. Yeah, I mean, $60. I think kickers, kickers are fascinating, too. I mean, you look what Pat McAfee has done for himself, but kickers are just such. They're just watching everything from the sideline. They're not really involved. <laughs> so they just see everything as a fan does, except they have a front row seat and they're in the locker room. So I think you got uh, Justin Tucker uh, is my new pick. No, because we would be talking.
1: we would be talking about opera
2: all day. Devo,
1: Clarence, asked in the chat, Carson Wentz and Nick Foles could guest fill in. Who would you rather have as your podcast host for the
3: next year? I feel like from a personality perspective, they're pretty similar in kind of how they live their lives. Um, (laughs) Nick Foles. Yeah, I think that's the right answer.
1: Who is the quarterback currently that's penciled in to be the starter, even a backup if you want, Breach, that you least want to have a podcast with?
2: Uh, least want to have a podcast. And by the way, I'll
1: just say this. I think Baker Mayfield would be absolutely outstanding on a podcast because he is going to say all the things he hates about the Browns, and uh, that'd be sort of fun.
2: That is a tough one because it's like, I feel like everyone, I've seen Jared Goff do podcasts. He's pretty fascinating uh, talking about things. So I'm saying that but like, yeah, D- Davis Mills, maybe like, even guys that you think might be boring. And that's why I mentioned golf aren't boring at all. And they would actually be pretty exciting. So I wonder
3: if Tom Brady would not
1: be great just because he's so guarded. or Russ Wilson, another guy like people that are just so famous and they're incredibly guarded that it's hard to get them to open up. Like Russ no- Wilson
3: actually had a podcast with a another network and how to go no longer has that podcast. So there think about
2: go. that.
1: Yeah. So I think it would be one of those type players. I mean, they're probably, you know, great guys in real life, but just in terms of. Um, wanted to, to, what
2: about the Wilson and Mac Jones podcast?
1: Yeah. I mean, you didn't know that we already do that, <laughs> by the way, uh, not that we're po- plugging in other po- podcast, but I just noticed yesterday that Thomas Dimitrov has a, an RV. I think it's more like a, um, sprinter van conversion. And, um, I'm jealous of that number one, cause that's what I want to do when I retire, but he's driving across the country interviewing other general managers. So.
2: You know, and also, real quick, I just went through, kind of scanned every team and looked at their starting quarterback. I think the answer is probably Carson Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> you already brought him up, but, like, if there's one... If I had to pick a quarterback they don't want to host with, which... Sorry, Carson.
1: Oh, here's one. Mel in the chat mentions. Kyler Murray. Like, I don't, I have no sense for, like, what Kyler Murray's interests are. Like, I have no idea what... Like, he doesn't seem like he'd be a dynamic interview. He very well may be electric in one-on-ones, but I don't know if he would be... um and Dominic, our buddy Dominic mentions Antonio Brown, which would I be like absolutely a
3: couple of number one picks. Like I feel like Trevor Lawrence, like good kid, but just probably not all that exciting to listen to. Right.
1: All right, Brie, one last one. we we'll Move on. Would you do it? What, what do you think it would be? Um, it would get eyeballs and earballs to do a podcast with Urban Meyer, like just you, me, you, and Urban doing a, a pick six pod.
2: Is it just a one off thing, or we're doing? No, like- no.
1: He's the new co-host.
2: Uh, I think it would definitely get some headlines early on, but I think it would die down after about six months. No, I mean, do you uh, think he would even sooner?
1: Do you think he would be like, a, if he were like an open book, he was trying to reinvent himself? Do you think he would be interesting or not worth it?
2: I think he'd be interesting. All right. I mean, he was
3: pretty good on the Fox coverage.
1: I thought so too. Like, I didn't know any of the backstory with him because I didn't care about Ohio State, you know, minutia, but um. As soon as he got that Jaguars job, everyone started flapping the gums about him. But I thought he was pretty good on that show with with our guy Brady and then uh, Reggie and and Matt Leiner. All right. Great question, Stu. Next up, this one is from iTunes. Who wrote it? Calvin Ottens. Love the podcast. Been listening religiously for over two years now. I still can't get enough. And this is where I insert. can, Can you imagine listening to this thing nonstop for two years and thinking you need more of this? Sweet I mean,
2: love. haven't we been here for two years?
1: Sweet, fancy, Brad. Yeah, we've so.
2: shown up for two years.
1: That's true. Thank you, Calvin. All right, back to the to the question. Just listened to the podcast about Bruce Arians' retirement and had a thought. How crazy would it be for the Bucks to take a quarterback in the draft this year? Most of the QBs are considered projects, and who would better learn? Who better to learn from the Tom Brady? Not saying their main goal is to get a quarterback, but if one fell to them, is it crazy to take one in the first round breach? So before you go Ooh. on, let's just take a look. They have pick twenty-seven.
2: Well, I'll defer. I give a quick answer because you're the draft guy. But I will just say that I do think it would – on one hand, I do think it would be crazy because they just drafted a quarterback. They just drafted Kyle Trask, and he's the guy who's been kind of working behind Brady, and you're hoping that this guy you drafted can maybe be the future of your franchise. On the other hand, you've seen Kyle Trask. If you don't feel like this guy is going to future your franchise, and you're sitting at 27, I don't think they should trade up because I don't think this is the type of quarterback class this year – that's worth trading up for. But if you're sitting at 27 and one of those big five guys fall to you, whether it's Kenny Pickett or Malik Wallace or uh, uh, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howe, or the the Ole Miss QB, if one of those guys falls in your lap, then maybe you consider it. Uh, But you also have to think about the fact that Tom Brady might be in his last year with the team. And if you have any holes, you need to fill those first.
1: Yeah. It's funny because um, Mike Florio, pro football talk wrote on Thursday about, Tom Brady having at one point some interest in minority ownership in the Dolphins and through some convoluted process where he ended up as the Dolphins quarterback after he had retired from Tampa Bay. And that there was also some conversation about getting Sean Payton from New Orleans. Well, to Miami. Well, let
2: me just chime in right there. Yeah. Uh, that what Florio actually said was that things were so close that the Dolphins had plans to announce Brady as a minority owner, a retired Brady. And they were uh, trying to do this the week before the Super Bowl, and keep in mind, the coaching job was still open. They didn't make their coaching hire until February 6th. And that that is how close this was. And that all of this was falling into place until the Brian Flores lawsuit was filed on February 1st. Then everything got blown up. The dolphins went back to the drawing board and hired Matt, Mike McDaniel five days later. So it was pretty, it sounds like it was pretty close to happening.
1: It's funny that you mentioned the timing too, because I was at the senior bowl. We were watching practice and that's exactly when the Florio stuff, uh, Florio, the Brian Flores stuff started happening. And people started taking notice. But I'm with you on the answer in terms of drafting a quarterback if the Buccaneers are 27. This class is is not, it's not even close to last year's class. Kyle Trask would have been, would probably be one of the first quarterbacks drafted in this draft class. And he's sort of their project now. I don't know if they've re upped Blaine Gabbert yet or not, but I think that was in, in the conversation. And um, even if Tom Brady only plays one more a year, you can circle back next year. You can go through free agency. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take one at the bottom of the first round here. If it was last year's class, and at the bottom of the first round, I would think about it. They they waited till the third round to get Kyle Trask, but this year I I would um, probably focus on defense. Um, I don't think they really like wide receiver isn't a desperate need, but they could certainly uh, take one at the bottom of first of the first round. One fell there as well. All right, what's next? Let's see what we got here. This is from Packer Pete via Apple mm.
2: Podcast. Is that Prisco?
1: listener since no because this because I'll tell you why because the subject is listener since the very beginning exclamation <laughs> point. So Packer Pete is more hardcore than Calvin Ottens, which is has
2: never listened to a podcast in his life.
1: No. All right. If you could have your head transplanted onto an actual athletic body, I'll go get, go ahead and answer for breach. Justin Tucker's the answer.
2: We got to read the whole question before. Uh, oh, okay. If Tucker's get, been disqualified by Packer Pete.
1: Oh gosh. Thank you. Packer. If you could have your head transplanted to an actual athletic body, which position would you like to play in the NFL? Answer. Can I be quarterback and breach? Can I be a kicker? As we already know, that's his dream job, kicker. You in know. your
2: head, Wilson, he knew I was going to pick a kicker, and he knew you were going to make fun of me for picking a kicker, and so he said I couldn't pick a kicker. Living rent free in my head.
1: Okay, can't you know, be a quarterback and you can't be a, a kicker. So Breach, are you going to say punter or holder or something? Long I snapper? mean,
2: I'm a wuss. I don't want to be taking hits. I'll tell you that. I don't. want You be can be there. anyone. You can put yourself in anyone's body. Yeah, my head feels the pain.
1: Okay, right? go ahead. Who are you going to
2: say? Well, I was going to say I think a holder would be a great. Great Wait a second. Option, any? So I, who's I the most? I'll be a kicker. I'll be a holder.
1: So just so we understand each other, Packer Pete says, transplant it
2: onto an actual athletic body. Are you and saying holders aren't athletic? That is well. My my follow up question is,
1: who's the most athletic holder in the league? There,
2: they're usually punters. So name a punter.
1: Johnny
3: Hecker.
2: Johnny Hecker. There we go. I'll be Johnny Hecker. That's perfect. I mean, Dude, are
3: there any quarterbacks that hold like starting quarterbacks that we're aware of? Like Romo used. Two.
2: I do not think that there are any more quarterback. That used to be the backup quarterback was regularly the whole right. up until the early two thousands. Then it kind of got switched over as it, practices got uh, more kind of regimented so that you had kickers and punters practicing by themselves, basically. On was Ken Anderson field. your dad's holder? Uh, he had a few holders. He had Turk Shoner, who was a backup quarterback he was a backup. Right, yeah. But at the end of his career, it was lead number 15 Kirk Schoner, If I recall correctly, is that right? So he had not even answering uh, that one, already 14. Go ahead. I'm gonna double you check. You said fifteen, right? It's fourteen. Uh okay. so yeah, his career started with a backup quarterback. I think he had a receiver holding for him at one time, and then the last five years he had a punter. So it's just it's all over the place. Um I but I don't think any quarterbacks are holding right now.
1: I think I'm yeah, I right, breached fourteen. How'd you get that one? Dang it. Um the the thing is that I can't believe that you're going with Johnny Hecker or some facsimile thereof. Like, I would be Aaron Donald all day long. Aaron Donald looks to me like he doesn't feel pain. Like, why, why are you saying it's here?
2: your brain? You feel it. You still feel everything. It's your knowledge and your brain. You just have Aaron Donald's body. I get it. But do you think he feels pain to an extent where he can't it get on morning? If he does because his brain's not on the body more. It's your brain.
1: Debo, are you leaning more towards Johnny Hecker or more towards Aaron Donald?
3: I would lean in my mind. I was going more receiver <laughs> where. You, you're definitely putting your body in jeopardy going across the middle. But if I'm on this athletic body and I'm running deep routes, I like that. I'm not taking like the constant like hits like a running back cornerback, I think is like too damaging like mentally to play. <laughs> you just get sports on Twitter for getting, yeah, for getting beat one time. So uh, my lean would be receiver, but I, I like the Aaron Donald pick a lot.
1: Where, where does johnny hecker rank if there are if there are a thousand nfl players where, where would johnny hecker be on your list
3: yeah i mean if you're picking a body like he's he's down there johnny
2: heck i mean that's this this guy's first choice johnny hecker all right well, i mean wide receiver is actually my second choice because also but those guys get jacked up yeah but when you know the ball's not coming your way you can just pull a randy moss and just jog and not do anything i don't yeah, think you understand like, uh, the mike
3: question. evans body something like that
1: yeah just actual athletic body, something that you can't do now. I mean, you can jog now as a route runner, but you have this insane athleticism and you're out there trying to be Johnny Hecker holding punts, holding kicks
3: and punting. All right. I'm just thinking more long term and, and not the, the immediate glory.
1: Yeah. All right, let me put you this way, Breach. Asteroid's gonna hit the earth in, in eight months, no matter what. You can put your head on any athletic body you want. Johnny Hecker.
2: No, probably not Johnny Hecker.
1: All Maybe right,
2: Jamar Chase. There. Now we're
1: getting somewhere. And How many hard hits did Jamar Chase last, take last year? I feel like zero.
2: No, not many.
1: Yeah, there you go. Now you're thinking. Is that what all you right. wanted, Wilson? Is that that's, what you wanted
2: to hear? That's all, that's all I'm asking. Now the next time uh, Packer Pete asks a question, he's going to be like, Breach can't pick a kicker or a punter or a holder. I know. He didn't. This he, is out of hand.
1: He found the loophole. Uh, our buddy Clarence Yee on Twitter asks, is the Pick 6 podcast a better podcast without the obligatory Phillip Rivers and NC State Drops? Well, I just brought up Phillip Rivers without a Will Brinson on the show, so I, I don't know. I think the Rivers and NC State drops aren't the, the worst part of Brinson. <laughs>
2: you know, make a top 10 list. <laughs> um,
1: the NC State stuff is actually pretty high up there, if I'm being honest. Um, the The NC State women basketball stuff was probably some of the funniest things I've ever heard out, out of his mouth, so I actually appreciated that. Um,
2: I brought that up because I knew it would rile him up.
1: <laughs> oh that was yeah you were on the podcast a few days ago where i I lit into him because he was making fun of unc losing in the finals And i brought up the nc state women's thing and um
2: he didn't have anything to say so
1: here's another uh, question from
2: clarence well you know what's funny though is that now that rivers is retired i feel like there has been less rivers references yeah so now we just need nc state to like retire as a school just tell well them, no no that's the close problem is- doors close the doors
1: but here's it what happened. Who do you replace the, the Rivers references with? Ew. Who's this Hall of Fame guy now? They oh, sh-
2: Stafford, man. Yeah,
1: he just moves on. So we need the sport to go away. So we're So fine it. if
2: he moves on from NC State, that's fine as long as he picks a school that we. All I
1: guess want. baby steps. So Clarence has uh, asked another question. Uh, Debo just put it on the screen there. Nicobe Dean is a smaller, fast linebacker. When I see. See, I think of Ernie Sims. Yeah, by Detroit out of Florida State back in 06. Is his floor ceiling closer to Devin Bush or Devin White? Both are small and fast linebackers. Um, I think his his floor is higher than both Devin Bush and Devin White. And I think his ceiling is higher than Devin Bush. Devin Bush had that ACL injury, so he's trying to work his way back from that. Devin White's a good player, but he's not. he hasn't been lights out great as a top 10 pick. Nekobi's probably not going to be a top 10 pick. And Devin Lloyd, who I like a little bit better out of Utah – he might be inside the top 12 or 13, but I think both Lloyd and Dean are sort of 15 to, to 25 guys. Um, That said, we talked to N'Kobe Dean yesterday, me and Josh Edwards on the Pick 6 Pod YouTube. You can check it out there. And he said, look, man, I've been small my whole life. He was 5'11", 229 at the combine. I don't care about being – like, it, it's not an issue for me. I think it's 5'11", 229 isn't even that small by off-ball linebacker standards. So um I think he's going to be great. And like he told us, he, he – um, Majored in, uh, he's a mechanical engineer, Breach got a 3.5 in mechanical engineering at Georgia, which is, uh, as I said at the time, like two points higher, like almost two, literally two points higher than what I got um, in college is my GPA, because let's be honest, I wasn't very smart. But uh, I think he's going to be fine. Were you uh, not
2: smart because you didn't try or because you just weren't smart?
1: Well, the first semester I tried and got a 2.2 and I said, oh my God, I'm a moron. So I just quit trying so so it's not to get the negative reinforcement and then Senior year I finally got it together. Shout out to my parents for not bring you know jerking me out of school, and making me go get a real job for wasting their money. But um, you know.
2: I mean, here. you still don't have a real job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> jokes on <laughs> jokes on them. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll get the rest of these questions. All right, Breach, welcome back. I missed you. Josh Redding on Twitter asks, Is it a crazy idea? For the Jets to take Garrett Wilson at number four, considering the success Burrow and Chase had last year. And just so you know, Breach, if you haven't memorized yet, the Jets also have to pick pick number 10, part of the Jamal Adams trade. So I'll just give you uh, my quick draft profile of Garrett Wilson. He reminds me a lot of Odell Beckham. He's incredibly athletic. He gets open all the time. He's fast. Um, he has some focus drops occasionally, but those don't really concern me. And obviously the Jets have some some needs at, at, at uh, wide receiver.
2: Yeah, the Jets do have a need at wide receiver, but I don't know that. And this doesn't, I'm not going to tell you why they shouldn't take Garrett Wilson, but I am going to say that I don't, you know, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase is not a good comparison because one reason they click so quickly is because they went to college together. Obviously, your teammates at LSU, because one thing a quarterback does with a rookie receiver, you have to build up that chemistry and that takes time. Well, Burrow and Chase didn't have to do that because chemistry was already there, and it's not even those two. I mean, you're talking about uh, Jalen Waddle and Tua went to college together, and they clicked pretty quickly. And you look at Waddle's numbers from last year. Uh, I think you could even throw Devontae Smith in there. I think he played with Jalen Hurts for a little bit. So you're talking about the top receivers from last year's draft. Part of the reason they were so successful so quickly is because they were playing with quarterbacks they were familiar with. And so I do think there is some big risk in taking garrett wilson at four i'd probably take a receiver at 10. i think i feel uh yeah I'd, I'd probably wait till 10 if i'm the jets
1: i don't necessarily hate garrett wilson at four i don't think he's as good as, uh, as jamar chase <clears throat> um uh, but i think he's a really good football player but i think also if you're the jets and you want to take an offensive lineman there or even an edge rusher if you like one better i know they, they made some moves in the, in the offseason uh, lakin like tomlinson we still don't know what's going on with Mekhi Becton, so that's a concern. And I think more importantly, just like with, on some level, Trevor Lawrence, protect him first and then figure out the other stuff. At 10, Garrett Wilson could be there. I feel like 75% chance he's there. But then you also have Drake London. You have Jameson Williams who keeps moving up despite the ACL.
2: But if you take Drake London or Jameson Williams, are you reaching at 10? Like, Do you think either of those guys are top 10 worthy?
1: Uh, yeah. I, I love Drake London a lot. Okay. I love all three of those guys. Jameson is the only thing the ACL, but he'll be – November, he'll be ready to go. And he would have been wide receiver one had he been healthy. So – and they need wide receivers. So I, I think it's fine. And the follow-up Ryan, there – if you
3: had to set a line right now and first pick where the first wide receiver is selected, what would it be? All right, let's look real
1: quick. So I think it starts at eight. Like the, the Falcons have one wide receiver, and his name is tight end Kyle Pitts. So I think it starts there.
3: So um, like eight and a half is probably the line that we would set.
1: I'm trying to think. Like Seattle, I mean, what is Seattle doing with DK Metcalf? God, there's so much going on here. I guess, yeah, eight and a half. God, that feels. like I'm taking the the over over being going lower down I the mean, draft.
3: Two before that point last year. Two in the top six yeah. last year.
2: Maybe I set it at
1: nine and a half just because the the Giants. Prisco's
2: mock draft. He does not have a receiver going until the 15th pick.
1: Yeah, but uh, just between you and me, Prisco got two picks right in that first round. I can see into the future. He only (laughs) got two picks, right? I'm going to say nine and a half. What are you going over or under nine and a half, Debo?
3: I feel like over. Like I feel like that 10 spot might be the first. Yeah,
1: so I wonder if they push it down a little bit. Because I don't think—I mean—the Falcons have so many needs, but that just feels like where the first one could sort
3: of go. Unless, yeah, unless there's a team that's eager to move up and beat the Jets to the punch there.
1: Maybe ten and a half is the line because Washington desperately needs one.
3: All right, it's not available yet on Caesars. Was just checking—they have the first wide receiver drafted out there, but not the uh, number
2: selection of of where they might go. And you know, even though last year was crazy because we had. Chase and Waddle both go and Devontae Smith all go in the top 10. That usually doesn't happen. I think that was the first time three of the past four years the over would have hit. So after nine and a half of the first receiver.
3: Yeah. I mean, 2020 was a star studded class and you still didn't have rugs going to the mid teens. And then there was a, a run of receivers with Lamb and Judy and, and my guy Rager and, and Who did, uh, Jefferson. Yes.
1: Because I hit the Vikings take like, again. And then yeah. you had the,
2: the, much heralded draft of twenty seventeen when Corey Davis went fifth overall and John Ross went ninth overall.
3: Caesars right now Garrett Wilson plus one thirty and then London just right behind him at plus one thirty five to be the first wide receiver off the board. So very close there.
1: Yeah. And as Brinson always notes these are reactionary odds when it comes to the draft props because Vegas knows actually less than the mock draft folks, which is sort of hard to believe for being honest. There's a follow up question there, Breach. Who was the first kicker off the board in what round? The last year, Evan McPherson was the first one off the board in the fourth round, I believe middle of the fourth, something like that.
2: Fifth round,
1: fifth round. And there was a lot of national of teeth, mostly by Pete Prisco because he despises kickers. I think you would say that pick was probably worth a second round pick by the time I was all said and done.
2: Yeah. I mean, and that's what happens with positions, especially like kicker where maybe there's not as much value, but then you see what happens to a team like the Bengals that, Uh, having a kicker like McPherson transform their season. And, you know, the 52-yarder to beat the Titans, not every kicker is hitting a 52-yard game-winning field goal as time expires and, you know, multiple game winners throughout the season, the game winner in the AFC title game. And so I do think we'll see teams draft a kicker to this year. McPherson, by the way, wasn't just the first kicker drafted. He was the only kicker drafted in 2021. Um, and I actually think that last year's kicking class was stronger than this year's kicking class. Um, I would say the first kicker probably goes off the board in a similar spot, bottom of the fifth round, maybe the sixth round, just because again, it's not as strong as the kicking class. I think Cade York from LSU is probably the first kicker that gets drafted. Uh, there are a couple other guys, Andrew Meeves from Iowa state. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets drafted, but you're usually not going to see more than two or three kickers drafted tops. Um, Nick Skiba from Wake Forest is a guy that gets mentioned a lot. He's actually set the NCAA record for highest career field goal percentage at 89.5%, and that's that's impressive because NFL teams love accuracy, but then when you kind of dig deeper, the longest kick of his career was 49 yards, didn't make a single kick over 50 yards. So if you're an NFL team, you don't know how you feel about his distance. You're not sure if you want to spend a draft pick when you can just sign him as an undrafted free agent and that's usually what you see what happens with most kickers is they get signed as undrafted free agents i think a wild card for me is jonathan garabay from texas tech uh people probably saw highlights of him this past season because he hit a 62 yard field goal um which is a distance you do not see usually in college games it was the third longest field goal off the ground in ncaa history was
1: it from Uh, one of the hashes
2: remember exactly where it was
1: because that makes it even more difficult
2: because it adds a little bit of distance especially with the white hashes in college the the uh, uprights are smaller but a lot of people didn't know that in college you had a one inch brick that you kicked off of the holder put it on a brick so it was almost like a kickoff you could get more height kick it a little further uh and then college got rid of that in i think 88 or 89 and made that long kick off the ground um so way more kicking information than you want Wilson.
1: No, that's exactly what I want. Andrew Mavis was at the senior bowl. Uh, Cameron Dicker was as well out of Texas, who I don't think you mentioned. And um, got a little insider info, uh, special teams draft information for you, breach. Uh, I actually was talking to, <laughs> talking to Scott the other day and I said, I can't believe they ask you this, but where, where are you on Matt Ariza, the punter from San Diego state? <laughs> because he's gotten some top 100 media buzz. Yeah. And here's, here's a, here's a headline. If breach is writing a headline, um, NFL team likes USC punter better than Matt Ariza. So I don't know who the USC punter is. I Have to look it up. But that—that's the—that's what what I was told. Um, part of the issue. and Tell me what you think about this. For Ariza, I guess his thing is hang time. He doesn't care about. He just booms ADR punts, and you know, outkick the coverage sort of thing. It's a website now, but it's also a, a real life thing. Where you add on ADR punts versus lack of hang time or out kicking your coverage? Team.
2: Uh, well, real quick, I'll go back to Cameron Dicker. I think did you say he was at the senior bowl. Yeah. Uh, I'd say the only knock on him is that he kicked just 50%, just hit 57% of his field goals that were Gosh. over 40 yards over the past two seasons. So, okay, that's not great. Yeah. And you know, a team might take a chance on him, but I think the kickers I mentioned before probably would go off the board first. I'd, he'd probably be an undrafted free agent, but who knows? I, I don't feel like teams do a lot of, great research on kickers i think it's still a lottery to them even though it should be it's really the easiest position to scout that that nfl teams just for some reason don't have a qualified person in there um so anyway back to punters it is interesting because Ariza has game-changing capabilities we saw it in college but if if you talk to a guy who didn't like him i would say if you don't like a punter who has that kind of strength uh there's Two reasons for it. One, I tell you every single week, every time you bring up Arise's name is, can he hold the ball? Can he be a holder? Because that is literally half your job as an NFL punter is holding on field goals. We've seen Corey Bjorkes, who has been one of the best punters in the NFL, get dumped by the Bills, get dumped by the Packers, uh, lost a competition in L.A. against Hecker um, with the Rams and got traded away because, and I'm guessing he lost because he can't hold, and so now we don't know if Ryze can hold because he was a field goal kicker in college and can't hold for himself um so that part's interesting and then like you said there's a nuance to nfl punting you can't just bang the ball as far as you want on every play what happens when you're punting from the 50 yard line you need a coffin corner you want it to uh do one of those six iron eight iron shots that lands at the seven yard line and and just kind of stops there so There's definitely some nuance to punting, and you know, as far as leg strength, Ariza is the easy number one, uh, but that's not all the NFL teams look at. So I would be shocked if he is not the first punter draft. I'd be totally shocked, but you could certainly make an argument for other punters.
1: All right, I want you to check out the USC punter, and then let me know what you think about him.
3: Ryan, here's my hot take. I want the Eagles to take him at 83. (laughs) You're serious? 83. If not 101, which is the pick they just got from the Saints, like I'm all in. It was a rough year last year with the Eagles. for Aaron Sipos, who just had probably the weakest. Like, I feel like Breach could get within 10 yards of of the distance on some of these punts. He was great pinning inside the 10 inside the five, but had zero length on these punts. I'm all in on a top 100 pick punter.
1: I, so I asked, I said, is he a top 100 guy? And the scout said, I would be shocked if he went top 100. But that's just one team, so we'll see. Because I mean, there's a lot to like about what he does. And if you're accustomed to guys punting the ball 30 yards, I think he would settle for 50 yards and a bunch of touchbacks as opposed to a bunch of shanks. So I, I get that for sure. Um,
2: uh, and USC's final real quick is in Australia, and I feel like the uh, that has been gaining traction. We saw Michael Dixon dominate He's been one of the best punters in the NFL. And so teams have really been willing to take risks on Australian punters. Um, so who knows? I don't think he will get picked ahead of Ariza. And like Debo said, maybe Ariza's picked in the fourth or fifth round because it only takes one crazy team to say no, you Debo know
1: wants them 83 or 101. So he wants them third round. In third
2: round. Yeah. Yes. It only takes one team to be crazy enough to be like, you know what? We need this guy. And it's we've seen punters go as early as the fourth round in recent years. Uh Mitch Wishnowski, the 49ers punter, got taken in the fourth round. He's another Australian. uh, So we know that the NFL teams love those Australian punters. And I think the last time we saw a punter taken in the third round was Mm. my guy, uh, Brian Anger out of Cal, who I covered Went ahead ahead of Russ Wilson, if I recall correctly. Went ahead of Russell Wilson in 2012. But you know what? Brian Anger's still in the NFL, so he's doing good. Not as well as Russell Wilson. (laughs) Uh, but he, he's done well for himself. So that's the last time we saw – 2012 was the last time we had a, a punter taken as high as the third round.
1: Hey, 10 years, so, so we're due. Thomas Farley on Twitter, Breach, asks, Bengals fan here, but he has a non bengals question. Fooled you. With so many glaring areas of need, does it make sense for the Jacks to try to trade a few spots down? They obviously have the first overall pick for the second year in a row. And before you answer, Breach, I'll let you know they also have pick 33, 65, and 70 in the top 100 picks.
2: Uh, well, you know, it's funny. It's always crazy. You know, the Bengals are finally playing well when we have Bengals fans asking non-Bengals questions. True I never, that. I never thought we would reach that point because usually it's, who should we the take? day is here. Who should we take with the first overall pick in the draft or who should we take with the fifth overall pick because the Bengals are always picking high. They're not picking high. So that's exciting. Uh, Wilson, you're the draft guy. So all I'll say on this is that, uh, and I think this, draft doesn't have a superstar in it so the first pick isn't worth as much as it would have been in a year where there's a trevor Lawrence or a joe burrow so you don't have teams that want to trade up and give the jags a bunch of compensation uh so it's not like they can sell high here so they're not going to get what they want and so they're thinking "Eh, i guess we got to hold on the number one pick like i just can't see a team blowing them away with any sort of trade offer
1: yeah i was talking to um someone in the jaguars organization at the senior bowl before it started, and they said, God, I hope, I hope this week these quarterbacks blow up <laughs> because we would like someone to trade up and come get one of these quarterbacks. It didn't happen. And um I think you're exactly right. Like this isn't the year. Like if there were a Trevor Lawrence in this class and you had Trevor Lawrence already in your roster, you're about to get get paid in, in draft capital, or maybe even players if the Jaguars. Unfortunately, this isn't the year for that. So I think they stay put. And even though they franchise cam robinson and and sign brandon sheriff i'm starting to lean towards maybe just draft another offensive lineman because i think you said this last week breacher even earlier this week you got to protect trevor lawrence and you can take Aiden Hutchinson, who is my favorite player in this draft but he ain't going to be able to to pass protect trevor lawrence so i think you have to stay put i don't even know who would come up for a quarterback to one like i can't the the only teams to me that would trade up might be detroit or houston and that's because they are in love with uh, Trevon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, or one of these offensive linemen. Then that's beyond that. I am hard pressed to even do the math on that. So I think you're right. I think this isn't the year for it. I think you, you take whatever helps your team right now and let Doug get to work.
2: Yeah. And and it's like, if you're the Carolina Panthers at six, what are, why are you trading up? There's, there's just so many options. There's no dominant options. Somebody you want is going to fall in your lap and that, goes to any team in the top 10. There's just no reason to, you'd have to give up too much to get to the top spot.
1: And by the way, the Panthers don't even have a second round pick because that now is in Sam Darnold's back pocket.
2: And if you're the lions, why would you trade up? You're thinking eh, if they take Aiden Hutchinson, we can, you know, like you always have a plan B,
1: right? There's no, I mean, even if chase young was in this draft class, I suppose you could talk yourself into it going up from two to one, but cause there's no quarterback, but even that, I mean, there's always, as you said, there, there's another player that you can take that's going to be close to that value and not cost you draft picks. Jesse Clark on Twitter asks, Every team in the NFL had to change names, mascots, and uniforms, and you got to choose the new branding. What would your favorite teams change to? Preferably not names already in the NFL hashtag Brinton sucks. So we've talked about this sort of before, maybe like relocating, and I think we came up with some places like Austin was a, a place. I'm sure you said next door to your house so you don't have to go anywhere to watch football um what are you what are you doing name change mascot uniform
2: yeah this is so you're keeping the city you just have to rebrand everything well first of all as a bangles fan with this bangles helmet behind me over yeah. my left shoulder i gotta keep the stripes so i am changing the cincinnati Bengals to the cincinnati zebras
1: <laughs> what do the uniforms look like just white.
2: white helmet white helmet black stripes uh i don't know if we throw an extra color in there i don't know how that's gonna work maybe we're just a two-color team with black and white jerseys uh, i don't know if the nfl demands a third <laughs> color because every team does have a third color but whatever if we do then we invent like gray even though we wouldn't be inventing it it would just be uh the third color so Cincinnati zebras are my team wilson
1: all right i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna keep it with my team the pittsburgh steelers who have an iconic um uniform and it would be sacrilegious to change it but i'm going to change it and part of the thing about uh these young folks now breach the uglier it is the the better it looks (laughs) so i'm going to go with the pittsburgh pierogies (laughs)
2: i'm
1: going to put a pierogi on the side of the helmet and their uniforms are going to be flesh colored
2: that is uh, interesting. I don't know that I want to see a team in flesh-colored <laughs> uniforms. So it
1: looks like everyone's running at you naked. And that, that Can you imagine
2: of... the AFC North with the pierogies versus the zebras? <laughs> It'd be insane.
1: <laughs> 300-pound flesh-colored men running straight at you.
2: And, you know, yeah. one other thing. I, I like to think about team names that aren't used, That whether you see them on high schools when you're driving by them or just out in the wild I'm thinking, God, how is there not a professional sports team uh, with that name? I would like to see the Walruses be a team name i think that's that would it. be fantastic people would get behind the walruses maybe uh, that's better for hockey because it's on ice or no
3: i think it's good for football were you
1: gonna
2: uh, say something
3: debo well off a of Breach's point i think it's wild like how many teams i feel like wildcats is probably the most popular college name but there's not a single wildcat in in professional sports
1: yeah i, I was at university of
2: arizona for a couple of years they're the wildcats terrible so, football team kansas state kentucky villanova villanova punch wildcats The Cobras. How is the Cobras not an NFL team name? Cobras is an easy one, I feel like. Who could be the Cobras? And as someone pointed out, Bears could be the Cobras.
1: Someone pointed out uh, on the podcast weeks, months ago, maybe back last season, a lot of the um, NFL mascots are the team names stink. Like, they're not even good. Like, I mean, the Chargers uniform is awesome. Is Chargers a great mascot?
2: Like, Cowboys. Because now, like, younger kids think they're. Los Angeles is named after phone chargers. I don't know about that.
1: Uh the Cowboys, like that's the he most generic.
2: Wilson I do. <laughs> yeah, that's and another that helmet.
1: Oh, here's a good one. I'm looking up uh, the most popular mascots in college. Uh the Pittsburgh State University, I think Pittsburgh States in Kansas. Gus the Gorilla.
2: Oh, I like gorillas.
3: Like even
1: like the Pittsburgh Oregon Ducks. Without
3: a G, right? Yeah. That's in Kansas. Panda Bears?
1: Is that what I said? That's say Kansas.
3: Yeah. 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 Okay.
2: Good. I would love a team called pandas. Team. That's a yeah. great one.
3: Here's, here's my pitch. Um, you know, we give all this love to specific animals, but not enough love to generic vertebrate classes. Like imagine the Miami fish or the Minnesota mammals. And mine is, is <laughs> the, the Philadelphia family. birds because go birds is is used way more like you can spot a fake eagles fan if they say go eagles like you say go birds so it's an easy transition i feel like we go with these vertebrate classes instead of these these specific animals
2: and And then atlanta
3: amphibians i don't know if it necessarily (laughs) ties into the city but i like alliteration take
2: the turtles are turtles amphibians
1: no they're they're serious oh my gosh (laughs) jesus you just saw a turtle uh, Stu in the chat says Sasquatch. And I saw a
2: tortoise, Wilson. I saw a tortoise.
1: Stu mentioned uh, Sasquatch, which is also one that I could get behind. I think it's the the more eclectic the better. Like, uh, what's that? What's that minor league team in West Palm?
3: The banana. What are those guys called? They're the Savannah Bananas. So Savannah, Georgia. Oh, they came they, up to they play. They travel a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think like the the like the banana slugs out. Um, that's Santa Cruz. I think is the banana slug. So yeah, I think like those sorts of things. They're better branding opportunities. Although, if you're a fan of a team, I suppose you'll buy the gear. Then, um, like, what's it like? The Texans, like the the most recent um, expansion teams were the Texans and the Jaguars, right? But those names suck.
2: just put the the Baltimore bacteria in there. (laughs) (laughs) You got the bacteria. We have the pierogies and the zebra. The the AFC North is getting wild.
1: Yeah. Pittsburgh, Mantis, Arkansas, Monticello, Bull Weevils. I mean, plaid shirts for the Anchorage polar bears. This is getting this. I mean, we spend all this time on these social media graphics and stuff. Why can't someone think of good, good names?
2: Let's Somebody else question. said the porcupines. I like that. Yeah. I would buy a porcupine's Jersey and the Commodores. That's what Washington should have called themselves. Just change your name. <laughs> the Commodores. Marty over the commanders.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. All right, here we go. Caleb Campson on Twitter. asks, can you still get a pick two in the NFL? I think you can. I know the Chiefs Eric Berry had one against the Falcons. Is that still the only two pick two in history? I think you still can, right?
2: Yes, you can. It and happens. the crazy thing about I do think that is the only one in NFL history, and not only that, it was a game winning play. It was nice. uh it was late in the fourth quarter. The Falcons had just scored a touchdown and uh my gosh, I think it was the uh whatever the final score of that game was twenty nine to twenty eight. So the, the touchdown the Falcons scored, put them up 28 to 27. And then Barry returned the two. And so the Falcons went for two to go up 30 to 27. So they'd be up by a field goal. And then Barry picked off the pass, returned it for two. And the Chiefs won 29, 27, 29, 28. Unbelievable. Makes sense. And that came with four minutes and 32 seconds left in the game. So the Falcons scored with four thirty left to go up 28, 27 and lost 29, 28 is Matt Ryan threw a pick two.
1: And that's the last time the Falcons went for
2: two points. And that also happened in the same year the Falcons went to the Super Bowl. How about that, Wilson?
1: Oh, yeah. I don't remember. How would that work out?
2: Uh, They did not win that game. Oh, Amazingly, they also scored 28 points in that loss. And lost.
1: Uh, Next time I see Kyle Shanahan at one of these press events, I'm going to say, what was more disappointing, losing the Super Bowl or throwing that pick to – and that loss to the Chiefs. And he he's going to be like,
2: well, they are both Matt Ryan's fault. So,
1: <laughs> And that's the same Matt Ryan that replaced Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. That same Matt Ryan? Yikes. All right, here we go. Last one, then we'll get out of here. Devin Sook on Twitter asks, is Brinson's beard fake? Well, his hair on top
2: of his head, we've all concluded is fake. I don't know. Does anyone grow fake beards? Like goes- think is that the beard is real. He takes the hair from his beard and puts it on his head. Right. That was my That's what plan. Plug people do.
1: Yeah. Like if anyone looks like on this podcast have a fake beard, I think it's Debo. Debo looks like he's incognito
3: running from the law. How long
1: you been growing that thing, Debo?
3: It, <laughs> oh, you trimmed it. I got a little trim yesterday. Trimmed I it, have huh? I don't know why it's marketing to myself on on TikTok, but I get a lot of sponsored ads for like to to fill in or color your beard. <laughs> um, I could definitely see not that Princeton's a, a TikTok user, I don't believe, but I could see him kind of seeing that pop up on his on his twitter ads and him going all in on it and uh coloring that beard oh so that is
1: something like breach you have gray hair obviously we can see it i have gray hair on my face on my head because i'm bald Britson doesn't have one gray hair so i think the maybe the the more focused question is
2: does Brent- a, little, a little suspicious because and-
3: a, I mean, you know, that man lives a stress-free life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's also a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Meanwhile, laughs> well, I mean, you probably think a kid, had- having a kid would give you some grays because my daughter's birthday was on Thursday, April 7th. And we're, my wife and I were looking at pictures from uh, each of her birthdays. And so this is April 7th, 2020, April 7th, 2021, and April 7th, 2022. And you just see more gray hairs gradually. Uh, you know, babies are fun. But they, they cause gray hairs.
1: I would I would have to venture that you probably parent a little differently than Brunson in terms of the, the amount of gray hairs on your head, <laughs> which is even even if you guys are the exact same parents, further evidence that he probably darkens his hair. He doesn't have one gray hair, <clears throat> and he's forty. Like BMAC is thirty six or thirty seven. BMAC doesn't have one gray hair either. I got questions
3: about that, but at least he's four or five years younger than you two. No, bmax forty. He's the same age as he. Oh, back. he is. Yeah. My God, Wilson. Wait,
1: Mac was a rookie in 2005.
3: Does that math work out? So he was 21 then? He was tw- no, he was 23. or maybe Oh, he was older. Okay, When he was coming out of college, yeah.
1: Okay. 23, yeah. Oh, gosh, he is 40. All right, I got questions for BMAC, too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I don't think Prince's beard is fake, but if I had to put the odds at him darkening his hair, even if it's just like a few of them, I'm going to say it's over 50%. Are what? you over or under 50%? Uh, I'll put it at fifty five percent. I have a about.
3: question. Did you guys ever, at like one point, maybe when you were my age, like tell yourself that you were gonna like color your hair when it went gray, and then just didn't do it, or were you always just like ready to embrace it?
1: Well, it's like I've always had my dad was shaving his head like when I was in fifth or sixth grade, and he was only in his forties in. So he was like before Michael Jordan shaving his head, so it was embarrassing for me to have my dad walking around with no hair, but he he started losing his hair in his mid twenties. I started losing like losing my hair probably early thirties, um and I never had it like I never crew it out, so i I didn't care like it was fine for me. It was always gonna be cut short, so it was an issue for me. you used to have a perm, right?
2: Yes, you know what though <laughs> i I always said to myself that I didn't care like aging everyone ages, so like I just don't care. <clears throat> I don't need to color anything. If I go gray, if my hair turns white, whatever the heck happens, I'm going to embrace it.
0: For yeah.
1: And Jim, your dad's he's bald, right? No, Can I can't you? remember. He has his haircut short. I can't remember.
2: No, my grandpa had hair until he died at like age 88. And my dad still has hair. So I'm I'm fine.
1: Well, it's not that it's not it, it, it
2: definitely thins out. It thins out.
1: It's your mom's dad. That's how you do the math. Oh um, yeah, your dad. Had, I just couldn't remember. I was thinking back to the wedding. I can. He had to cut short at the wedding. So if your mom's dad has hair, that's what's going to happen to you. That's the math. Right.
3: I'm just, you know, there's, you know, uncovering a couple of gray hairs when I was like 28. I was like, I think I probably would be someone that would color this, but now I feel like even a couple of years later, I'm, I'm not as inclined to.
1: Well, the issue is, and I don't think there's <clears throat> nothing. I mean, I don't. If you, you have to do it right. Like you can't do it where it's jet black, or like, you know not not the same colors your eyebrows or whatever because that's when you get into trouble so you have to have someone that's willing to say yo that that doesn't look right you got to go back to the chalkboard because uh i'm fine with people doing it i just part of it's i'm just too lazy like i don't. I just don't care i'm not and plus the other thing is when you show up like when you're like Dion, prime time you show up one day to work and you're bald and the next day you have your your hairlines down to your eyebrows look everyone knows but Dion actually said he just felt better in terms of his confidence so i I'm, I'm cool with that too but i just don't i don't care enough to do it that's good wilson
3: i'm proud of you nebo should definitely do it though <laughs> <I'm> thinking about <laughs> it if um I with brinson for another five years i'm gonna be fully gray
1: well he can give you some insight into oh by the way over under 55 percent that brinson colors his hair
2: preach i'll go under as much as we rag on him i just feel like <laughs> you don't think he does uh, the beard or the hair? I don't know. Either one, one of, one of them. Any I hair think, on on his body?
3: I think AK probably makes it very easy for him, and she's just like, here it is, Backlit. it <laughs> once every three weeks. I don't know, but I'm saying over. There you go.
1: I think I think conservatively, fifty-five percent is pretty. That's that's. I think you have to go over that. All right, but well, you're you're always the optimist. We'll find out uh, on the next podcast when Brent returns. He doesn't tell us the truth. All right, that's it for the mailbag. Thanks for joining us. If you're listening, thanks for joining us. If you're watching on YouTube and the the comments there, and uh, we'll be back next week.
0: The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community.